presence this morning. We know that you are here. So come, Holy Spirit. Would you continue just to move in us and around us? God, we thank you for being a God who is always just right there. So would you come into our hearts this morning? May we feel your presence in a way that maybe we've never felt. Would you open our eyes and our hearts to you? We love you, Lord. We praise you. We welcome you in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Uh, can you go back to the, the slide of, of here again? And um, Just could you go to the, I think it was on the second slide of the song. Yeah, right there. Right there. Will you say this with me? Just, just let's read this together, will you? Will you? I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? That's a good prayer, isn't it? That's the prayer of our hearts before the Lord as we're coming into his presence to hear his word. It's been so rich so powerful already this morning as we've been in his presence and singing as unto the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I want to start uh, right off the bat with scripture this morning. Uh, I want to take you to Acts 2. Acts 2, 1 through 8. And uh, Acts 2, 1 through 8 is just a such a powerful scripture, and we're just going to read it together, uh, and I'm going to ask if you will please stand with me this morning, and we'll read this together. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't, these, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native tongue, language? Thank you. You may be seated. When the day of Pentecost had arrived... Now, I'm a little early, 
because Pentecost Sunday is actually June 5th uh, this year. So I'm a little early, but we're going to talk about that day of Pentecost today and, uh, and just kind of dig into that. So uh, I wanted to share with you today about the Holy Spirit, the promised helper. And uh, so I'm excited about that. On that day of Pentecost, just as promised, just as promised, the sound of a violent wind filled the house and tongues of fire came and rested on each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they received power. They received uh, power to... Uh, that gave them courage. They received power that gave them understanding. The power of the Holy Spirit gave them clarity to speak. And, and I love the fact that as they had this clarity to speak, uh, you see that the, the Holy Spirit had become their teacher. And in their learning from the Spirit, they were able to communicate the truth about Jesus. And they had courage to communicate about Jesus. And so right off the bat, we see this big change, this big difference that has occurred in, uh, in Peter especially. Because, and I referred to this last week, Peter had been uh, kind of a coward, hadn't he? He had been kind of a coward. He was scared. He was frightened. He was worried to even be associated with Jesus. And so he actually, uh, at one point, uh, cursed and said that he guaranteed, basically guaranteed that he was not part of that group that was following Jesus. And so he was, he was a coward. And now, now on this day of Pentecost, now we see him courageously speaking for Jesus in front of a crowd of what we now know to be thousands. And so this is amazing. This is, this is happening. And it's happening through the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Through the Spirit, they, they were able to speak to uh, all of these people with all of these different languages, many different nationalities of people in their own native tongue at the same time. Now, that's amazing, isn't it? That's a miracle, isn't, isn't it? It really, truly is. And, and, I, and I love the fact that as we see this take place in these first eight verses of chapter 2, uh, we weren't going to take the time to read the whole chapter. It's a, it's a long chapter. We weren't going to take the time to do that. I, I encourage you to do that, though, on your own. Read chapter 2 of Acts. It's a tremendous, uh, tremendous chapter of the Bible. But as you read through chapter 2 and as you get through uh, what is going on there, Peter begins to preach, and he preaches this sermon. And when you get to verse 40 and verse 41, you actually see... Uh, what happens, what takes place, uh, really kind of the results of what is taking place on that day. And I want to read that to you. It says, with many other words, he, he being Peter, testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to their number. 3,000 people were added to their number. That's fantastic, isn't it? Praise God. And as we, we look at that, we know and understand that uh, this occurred because the Holy Spirit came upon them and, and came within them and worked through them. And they, he, he worked through these disciples of Jesus 
And the result was the bringing of people to a saving faith in in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 3,000 of them. And and I just want to say, just kind of as a highlight, uh, this goes right along with what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit's not going to come on his own behalf or for his own, uh, you know, glorification. He was going to come so that people would be drawn to Jesus, right? And understand what Jesus did for them so that they could believe and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. So Peter, he preached this, I'm going to say, rather simple message. It really is a rather simple message. If you read Acts 2, you're going to see that it's a rather simple message that Peter preached. It was bold. It was pointed. It was definitely something that uh, was uh, a big transformation from cowardly Peter. Okay? Now he's preaching this message, and it's a very bold message. And so, but it was very... It was very basic. It was very simple. And Peter preached this rather simple message, but the Spirit of God was speaking to people's hearts and souls. And people were convinced, really, I don't believe by the, uh, the eloquency of Peter's message. They were convinced by the Spirit of God that they needed Jesus in their life. And that's why I wanted to read that song, that, that portion of the song, I wanted us to read that together because I'm not enough. Peter wasn't enough. None of us are enough. We need the Holy Spirit with us, right? And so I, I love the fact that that happened. And, and so on that day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were saved and the church was born. I love that. That that ought to get an amen. That ought to get some. That's very good news, right? I mean, we wouldn't be here in part because, you know, of that day. We, we, we needed that day to, to happen. Now, I want you to remember that, uh, that this moment in time, this thing that took place on this day of Pentecost, this amazing move of the Spirit resulted in part because these 120, and we talked about this last week, these 120 had, de- had decided to follow Jesus' direction and his instruction and really the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so they went into that upper room and they waited there, right? And as they waited, they were praying. And as they waited, they were worshiping. And as they were waiting, they were waiting on this promised one that that Jesus spoke about. And so this happened, this day of Pentecost, this mighty move of the Holy Spirit happened in part because these 120 decided to wait and pray and expect. And I wonder sometimes, are we waiting, praying, and expecting? Because we should be. We should be because that's what God wants to do. So Jesus told them about the Spirit and he had given them some things to expect. I want you to hear some of these things that Jesus said about the Spirit. Uh, Some of these things we kind of covered last week, week, but I want to read them again. Uh, This one is from uh, Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 46 through 49. Uh, He, he being Jesus, he also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah would suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name 
to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You see what's happening here? What we just read in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 8 is the fulfillment of what Jesus was telling them here. It is exactly what Jesus was telling them was going to happen. It's happening, right? And so you got to love that. And then it says in verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. So basically Jesus was telling them, listen, these things are going to happen and you're going to witness it happening. You're going to see it with your own two eyes. You are going to witness these amazing things taking place. And I love that. And he says, and look, I am sending you what my father promised. As for you, stay in the city until you're empowered from on high. That's Luke chapter 24, 46 through 49. You get to John, uh, John chapter 14, uh, verses 15 through 17. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Again, this is Jesus speaking. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Dropping down to verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you everything I have told you. These are promises that Jesus is giving concerning the Holy Spirit. And we get to Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 8. It says, while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about. For, you, for John baptized um, with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Again, promises from Jesus. And then in John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. Again, Jesus speaking. Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, <clears throat> like I said, Peter preached this very simple message. It was a very simple message but it was something that the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of and used in a very powerful way. And I want to ask you this morning, does Peter, in that, in that setting of Pentecost, that setting of this day that we have just read about, where 3,000 people realized that they needed Jesus, is Peter doing the convicting? No. The Holy Spirit does the convicting, right? Now that's... That's very good news for us because it's refreshing to know that we don't have to do the convicting. <laughs> we should not do the convicting. We shouldn't even try to do the convicting <laughs> because that's the Holy Spirit's job. And he's really the only one that can do it and do it the right way. And so praise God for that. 
But did you catch what Jesus said in verse 7 of John 16? He said that it was to their benefit. Uh, in some version it says that it is to your advantage that I go away. And, and, it, and it's amazing because Jesus is telling his disciples, his followers, it is, it is advantageous for you if, I'm, if I go away. Because when I go away, I'm going to send the helper. I'm going to send the counselor. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And, and I love that because, uh, you know, when we think about that, it, it's just something that very, is very meaningful to us. Now, this is, this is very simple, uh, but, but I want to, to kind of illustrate it just to make sure that we're all on the same page, okay? So very simple uh, illustration here, uh, but making sure that we're on the same page. I'm going to ask my wife, Barbie, if she'll come up on stage here with me. I told her that I might do that, and she, she, she wasn't really excited about that. But. And i got to ask somebody else that's comfortable up here. I, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. So, Doug, will you come up here? I, and I didn't. Ava would. Ava would. That's true. I, one thing I was impressed with Ava is when she got right here, she jumped right off the stage. I am not going to do that. I will hurt something. So Jesus was telling the disciples that it was for their benefit that he goes away. And, and I think that probably when he said that to them, they thought, there's no way that's beneficial. There's no way that's advantageous. We want you here with us. And so uh, here's just a simple illustration that I think will help us to understand what Jesus was talking about. So we're going to uh, allow in this illustration Barbie to be Jesus, Okay. And Doug and I are just going to be followers. We're going to be disciples. Okay? I, I'll be Matthew. Who do you want to be? <laughs> I'll be John. You'll be John? All right. The <laughs> beloved. He's, he's the beloved. So as, as we're walking through life, and, and we'll just kind of walk this way, and, and we're walking through life, and we're going through life, and we're, we're confronted with obstacles and difficulties and things, and Jesus is with us. And so we're kind of leaning on Jesus and asking Jesus, how do we handle this? And Jesus helps us. <laughs> Help us. <laughs> no, you don't have to. You don't have to. I was just kidding. So, and Jesus helps us right, right along the way. He's always ready. He's always there for us. He gives us strength. He gives us direction. He helps us to understand how to deal with difficulty and how to deal with, with problems. If we're sick, he'll heal us. He'll take care of us. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and so it's so great and it's so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he was sick Sorry, too. Doug. I'm John. John. <laughs> so, so we're just walking through life and everything's great. Everything's wonderful. But what happens is, you know, John decides that he's being called to preach somewhere else. Like Samaria. So you're going to go to Samaria. Go ahead. You want to come with me? Go you're gonna go. You're gonna go with. Who are you going with? Jesus would know who to go with, but. <laughs> Don't make me. Don't make me. So you see what I'm saying? What happened was the disciples and you, Jesus. You can go sit down. 
what happened was shortly after Pentecost, the disciples scattered. They didn't scatter for a bad reason. They scattered for a good reason. They scattered to share the gospel with the world. And as they scattered to share the gospel with the world, if Jesus was still yet in physical form, Jesus couldn't go with Matthew and go with John. He couldn't be with Bartholomew and be with Thaddeus. So Jesus said, listen, this is to your advantage. This is to your benefit that I'm going away because as I'm going away, I'm not just going away and leaving you alone. I'm going away and sending the helper, sending the Holy Spirit to be with you. And the Holy Spirit is going to be within you. And he's going to be within all of you. And so it doesn't matter if you're in Egypt or Africa or Asia Minor or Europe. The Holy Spirit will be with you and in you and empower you. Strengthen you. And I love this because, you know, we, we come here and, and certainly the presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. But do you know that when this building is empty, it, it isn't here that the Lord resides. It is here the Lord resides. And so when I'm singing that song, I love to sing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. And isn't it beautiful that when he's in this place and we're all coming together, that it's powerful and it's special and it's wonderful. Isn't that great? I love that. So the message of the Holy Spirit is essential to our lives. It is, it is through the Holy Spirit uh, that barriers are broken, that unity is established. Um, I, was reading, I was reading from Ephesians uh, chapter 4 this morning, or chapter 3, uh, yesterday morning actually. And as I was reading from Ephesians chapter 3 yesterday morning, uh, I was just... I was just blown away by the fact that it told me that I needed to strive for unity with other believers. Our unity is very important. But do you know we cannot have unity without the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Unity is established through the Holy Spirit. Disease is cured. Addiction is broken. Communities are changed. Races are reconciled. Hope is established. People are brought to repentance. Grace is embraced. Souls are cleansed. People commit to a deeper walk, a deeper love of God. Dispositions are changed. Relationships are mended. Attitudes are adjusted. Love conquers hate. Churches are revived. The church grows both spiritually and in number. This is what the Holy Spirit of God does in the life of the believer, in the life of the follower, in the life of the church. It is so, so very important. You see, church, when you realize the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life and embrace him to be in you and to to fill you and do great things through you, great things start to take place in your life, things that need to happen in the life of a believer. I'm about ready to sound like a preacher, okay? I apologize for that. Discouraged folks, cheer up. Dishonest folks, fess up. 
sour folks sweeten up, gossiping folks shut up. I was a little iffy about that one, but thank you for, for being gracious. Conflicted folks make up, spiritually sleeping folks wake up, lukewarm folks get fired up, the dry bones folks get livened up, all right? And then pew potato folks, you get up. And this is all for one reason. It is so Jesus is lifted up and people are drawn to him and people know him as their Lord and their Savior. Those 3,000, that's why we're here. And that's what the Holy Spirit's about. Now, now let me talk to you for just a few more moments. I didn't say minutes, I said moments. Uh, that way you can't pin me down to minutes. talk to you a few more moments about what we witness on that day of Pentecost. And again, I want to refer to those first few verses. This was a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Uh, if I ask the question this morning, what did they receive? The temptation is to say that they received power. Because that's kind of the way it seems like it reads, that they received power. But they didn't really receive power. They received the Holy Spirit, which brought power. Okay? This is, that might seem like semantics, but it's not. It's a, this is important. This is important. Because, and, and this is important because uh, sometimes I believe that uh, we, we are seeking the gifts without the giver. Okay? We are, we are seeking... Uh, the fruit without the source. We're seeking uh, the, the power without the source. We can't have the fruit without the source of the fruit. We can't have the gifts without the giver of the gifts. We need the Holy Spirit in our life, not the power, not the fruit, not the gifts, because if we have the Holy Spirit in our life, we will have the power, we will have the fruit, and we'll have the gifts. But you see, the Holy Spirit is the one that we need. That is the one, that, he is the one that we need. And so uh, in this instance of, of Acts chapter 2, 1 through 8, in this instance, the Spirit of God manifested himself in a powerful, life-changing way. And something very significant was happening. People were empowered in such a way that it was evident to all, all who was around. That manifestation was known by their speech. Now, in this particular instance, in this particular instance, it was a, a sense of um, this person from this nation, this person from this nation, this person from this nation, all three different, could hear the message of God in their own language. A very amazing miracle that, take place, that takes place there. And so in, in this particular instance, it was through speech. But can I say to you that uh, if the Holy Spirit is, is upon you, is within you, and is working through you, that people will know that by your speech? People will know that by the way you talk? People will know that by the, the way that when you talk, you're edifying, you're encouraging, you're uplifting 
You're a person that helps people and brings people an understanding of love and patience and kindness and all of those kinds of things. People will hear that in your speech. So the Holy Spirit affects your speech. Thanks. And it was powerful on that day. It was powerful. The Spirit wasn't just allowing every nationality to hear their own language. There was also power that was evident. The Scripture says the place was shaken. And I believe at this time that there was a sense of the presence of God so powerful that it was bringing men and women to their knees before God. And, and I love the fact that when, when Peter got done with this really uh, simple message of truth, that the people's response to that was, uh, brother, what must we do? What should we do? They were basically saying, we understand that we need the Lord. We understand that we need Jesus. What do we do? How do we, how do we receive him? How do we know that Jesus is in our life? This was a huge event of the Holy Spirit moving in people's lives. But listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't always work this way. He does work this way. He still works this way. I mean, he, he still does amazing and, and powerful things and moves in big ways. The Holy Spirit still does that. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example. And this, there's more recent examples, but I'll give you this example. When I was, um, let's see, 20, 20 years old. <laughs> when I was 20 years old. I met, uh, I met a young lady. Um, actually, I kind of knew her already, but we started liking each other, Barbie and I, at church camp. And we started liking each other. We started talking. We started sitting with each other and just, you know, hanging out. And I thought, I kind of like her, you know. I, I kind of like her. And she kind of liked me, and it was, it was good. And we got towards the end of camp meeting. I think it was the last, last Sunday of camp meeting. And uh, Barbie was scheduled to sing the special in church that night in, in the big church service. And she got up and she sang. And, it, and she sang a song. And as she was singing this song, this man got up, big tabernacle, you know, open air tabernacle down in southeast Ohio. And this man got up towards the back, and he made his way up the aisle. During her song, made his way up to the aisle and knelt down at the altar of prayer. And what was really significant about that was that this man was a person that the church that she was in, that the church had been praying for, that he would give his heart to Jesus. And so that happened. And as that happened, another person got up came down the aisle, knelt down the altar in prayer, then another person, then another person, then another person. And pretty soon the altars were full of people. I mean, absolutely full. You couldn't, you couldn't get a spot at the altar. <laughs> they were full. And they would get done praying and they would leave and more would come. And they would get done praying and they would leave and more would come. And it was like a 45, 50-minute time of altar call that started during the song. Now, I will say this uh, to you guys, and, and, and Barbie knows this. She's in full agreement. It wasn't because of Barbie and, like, she just 
wow the crowd or anything like that. That was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I'm not enough until you come. <laughs> I mean, it, it was amazing. It was fantastic. I, the evangelist that year was Horace Shepherd. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of him. But he got up at, after all that was over. He got up and he said, I don't need to preach. Because the Spirit of God had already done his work. See, the Holy Spirit is still doing big, amazing, miraculous things. The Holy Spirit can still take a, a room full of people and bring them all under conviction and cause people to flood the altars to pray and seek him. Seek the Lord. The Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit doesn't always work this way. I want to illustrate uh, that uh, with just a a simple illustration. If I had had 10 gallons of gas in a big bucket here this morning, uh, you all would be fighting over it. (laughs) If I had 10 gallons of gas in a big bucket and I lit a match and threw that match in that bucket, what would happen? Kaboom, right? (laughs) It would, it would light on fire. It would be powerful, wouldn't it? It would be powerful. It would get all of our attention for sure. It would probably, probably knock me back and singe my eyebrows. But I, I know it would be a powerful thing. It would be a big explosion. Now, if I took that 10 gallons of gas and put it in a car engine, okay, besides it's cost me $45 right now, uh, it's different now. Not a big explosion, a bunch of small little explosions, right? A bunch of small little explosions. Now, now, where am I going with this? The little explosions would help the car to perform the way a car should perform. The little explosions, the, the, the gas that's causing the little explosions would help the car to be a car. Right? It would help the car to fulfill its purpose. It would help the car to go somewhere. It would help the car to be purposeful. It would help the car to do what the car is always meant to do. (laughs) The Holy Spirit can do marvelous works in your life. He can do big things. He can do miracles. He can move mountains. He can explode on the scene in your life and do amazing things. But he's more in the day-to-day in your life. He's more in the day-to-day with you. He wants to empower you for regular living. (laughs) He wants to empower you for regular living. He wants to strengthen you for the mundane tasks that you face every day. And so when we gather together, we want the Holy Spirit to move. We want to see power. We want to see God do some amazing things and powerful things. But you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to be within you so that when you leave this place, he's within you for the mundane life, the regular life, regular living, just doing normal life, doing normal things so that you have him within you, empowering you and strengthening you to do just the regular life things. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you. He wants to help you deal with that boss 
that, uh, that challenges you or that makes you know, life difficult or whatever the case may be. He wants you to help, help you understand that even if that boss is making life difficult, he wants to empower you and strengthen you and give you the fruit of his spirit so that you are treating that boss with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I think I got all nine there. I'm not sure. He wants to make sure that as you're going through life and as you're going into your classrooms that you're able to uh, treat your classmates the right way. You'll be able to witness to your friends. He is the one who will help you live for Jesus day in and day out and be that disciple of Jesus that you are supposed to be. He will help you fulfill your purpose as a, as a Jesus person. He'll help you go somewhere and go in the direction that God wants to take you. And just like a car without gas can't be a car, you can't be a disciple of Jesus without the Holy Spirit. So as you have the Holy Spirit in your life, he is enabling you as he is upon you, as he is within you, and as he is working through you, he is enabling you and empowering you to be the Jesus follower, the Jesus person that you are called to be. And you can live a life that is, that is victorious and pleasing and, and, a, and a life that will draw people to the Lord and Savior that you know and that you love. Have you realized the importance of the Holy Spirit in your life? We've been praying. I, 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 hope, you've been, I hope you've been praying since last week. I hope you've been praying and asking for the Spirit of God to empower you and strengthen you. I want to challenge you this week to pray just a really simple prayer, very simple prayer. Every day, get up before you really get going in, in your day. Pray that the Holy Spirit will be upon you, will be within you, and will work through you. I think that's a very simple and powerful prayer that could change your life could change the way you look at your day. Could change the way you look at your boss. Could change the way you look at, at your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Could change the way you look at everything in life. Because the Holy Spirit wants to be your promised helper. The promised helper that will walk through your day with you every day. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah, amen. You absolutely need him as you walk with Jesus. I want to I end today. I normally pray at this point, but I want to end with a prayer um, that's actually in the scriptures. This is a, a prayer uh, from Paul to the church at Ephesus. And I just want us to realize that, uh, that this prayer is for us this morning. This prayer is for us. And so I'm going to ask you if you'll just bow your head and just allow this prayer to be upon you and, and to be for you today. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray 
that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen.